Hey friend, I just wanted to let you know that I had some audio issues with this podcast, but the content was so good that I wanted to share it anyways. So thanks for your understanding. If you've got kids who are going to be home for either all or part of their school this year, no matter what kind of school you're doing, and you're trying to grow your business and aren't sure how you're going to do it all, I'm here to help. I've homeschooled my six kids for years while also running a seven-figure online business, and I'm going to share my best tips with you in this episode. Welcome to the Bright Entrepreneur Podcast with Jamie Swanson, the podcast for smart, transformation-driven entrepreneurs who believe that we are brighter together and can make our greatest impact on the world by building a movement of crazy loyal customers around our business instead of trying to do it all alone. We'll talk about how to grow your business with intention, simplicity, and by focusing on creating a brighter future for both your customers and the world. So let's make it brighter. Can I just start by acknowledging how hard all of this is? No matter what you selected or have forced on you, I just want you to know that I get how hard this is, and I'm here to support you in any choice you have made or whatever situation that you're in. So for a little background, for those of you who don't really know me very well yet, my kids are age 14, 13, 11, 7, 5, and 3. And I've got many years of homeschooling behind me, as well as having done some public school. And so I know firsthand how hard it is to start and grow a business while having the kids at home all the time. I also know that mom guilt feeling, like you're never present enough with the kids, but you're not able to work as effectively since your attention is continually divided. So the first thing, before we even get into the tips, Just try and let go of that. Don't judge yourself over it. This is a pandemic after all, right? My goal here is to help as many people as possible to learn from my experience. So if you know any other entrepreneurs who are going to have kids at home, and if you find these tips helpful, it means so much to me if you could share this episode with them once you're done. I'd love to help as many entrepreneurial parents as possible and I need your help to do it. So here are my five best tips to help you grow your business while also doing school from home. So number one, know that the first week of school sets the tone for the entire year. So think of this like our client onboarding. If you run a membership or you do a coaching program or something, you know that those first impressions after they buy really shape a lot of their experience going forward. So spend some time to make this first week really fun and special for your kids. I especially love to focus on positivity. The other thing I would mention about that first week is if you're able to ease into it, don't just suddenly go all in and have eight hours a day of school, which I never do eight hours a day for the record in case you wonder, and really start to ease in and think of it as a transition. This is important both for your kids but also for you, not just easing into the transition, but having this really great first week. Because if you can really set that tone for the rest of the school year, if you can get your kids excited about it, and if you can put in place some of the things that I'm gonna talk about in the next tip, it's gonna run so much smoother for you. Now, if that first week is a train wreck, it's okay. Don't worry about it, life goes on. But if you can, in any way, 
go above and beyond to make that first week really awesome for both you and the kids. It's just gonna be way easier to keep them going, keep them motivated, and to really succeed as the school year continues on. Okay, so one other thing I'm gonna mention here is a resource. It's a book called The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. And it's all about engineering memorable moments in a person's life. Now, I have found this incredibly helpful and insightful in helping me create moments that my kids will remember forever. But it's also helped me a lot in designing experiences within my business that make my clients absolutely love and adore me and feel incredibly loyal towards me and help spread the word about my business. So it will have a double benefit if you read the book. Highly recommend it. You will come up with all sorts of great ideas for that first week of schooling from home. And you'll find it's probably going to be something that changes how you interact with your kids going forward throughout the rest of life as well. And with your spouse or partner or anybody else that you really care about and want to create a moment for. It's really awesome. So check out the book, Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. All right, the second tip is to plan ahead. And this is kind of like multiple tips all within one little heading, but I didn't want to have like 13 different tips for you. But all of these are based on the actual school day with your kids. So number one, create a routine. Now it's really easy when you're doing school from home, especially if you're homeschooling or have a lot of autonomy over your schedule where nobody's telling you you have to be somewhere at a certain time. It's really easy to just start that day later and later and later, and all of a sudden, it's just a mess. It consumes your entire day. So I absolutely believe in starting school at the same time every day, and I even like to create a school area that is where they just do school. And honestly, it's really beneficial for you to also create a work area if you're working from home that is the only place that you really work. And when you're there, the family knows you're working. You know, when you're, I know if you've got toddlers or babies or whatever, you can't always honor that. But as much as possible, that's where you do your work. That's where you have this whole environment of productivity around you, even if it doesn't feel that way because kids are screaming in the background or whatever. You know, we've all been there. Trust me, I'm there every day. And um, just, If you can make those spaces, it's especially great for the kids because then they know that they're kind of quote unquote going to school, even though it's not going to school. Now, when we first started homeschooling, we didn't have spaces that we could use for their homeschool. And so our routine was every day to do school around the kitchen table. And so if anything was piled on the table, which I don't know how it's a magnet, but it always is, right? So at the beginning of the day, we would make sure that everybody cleaned the table off. We started with a brand new clean table. We'd pull out all the supplies. We'd pull out all the stuff we needed. And then we'd start our day in school at the table. Now that my kids are older, sometimes I'll let them go and do some of their different subjects in different locations. But generally speaking, it's really helpful to have a specific location for school And it gives them a little bit more of a separation between what's school time and what's playtime, which is really helpful for kids in staying focused. You may also want to prep a whole lot of snacks in advance. I don't know what it is about school starting again, but I swear my kids become bottomless pits 
And so when I have, you know, a lot of veggies all cut up and prepped or a lot of crackers and stuff, when it's ready to go and, you know, I don't have to think about it, I can just pull something out real quick and there it is. I don't have to be like, oh gosh, what are we going to have? You're hungry again. You can't be hungry again. You just ate five minutes ago. You know the conversation, right? But when you have all those snacks prepped in advance, it's just easier. And then the other thing I want to mention about this, just from a very practical standpoint, in terms of like planning ahead and how you're going to handle different situations to make it go smoothly, is that some days are going to be really hard. And so don't be afraid to take a mental health day off. Now, I get the benefit as a homeschooling mama of calling the entire day without having to be accountable to anyone else. So if you are using some sort of virtual school or there is somebody else that the children are accountable to, you should really view this as like a mental health day, even if they're doing okay, because you know they are not gonna learn anything when they are in a certain mood. And if you can't turn that around, if they can't turn that around, it's just gonna be a wasted day with nothing done and it's gonna be full of pain and fighting and arguing and whining or just difficult stuff that isn't gonna actually benefit anybody. And so you might as well take that day, find a way to refresh them, even if you have to give them the day off just to go out and play, whatever. I've just found that it doesn't matter how positive I am and how well I have followed the routine and they've all been fed and whatever. There are just some days that are really hard and they're just over it. And so, giving them some space, not, you know, every day, not every week, but having a day here and there that's really rare and saying, you know what, you're right, let's turn this off, let's do something really fun that's super atypical, I believe that that can be a really helpful and healthy thing for your kids. And sometimes all you have to do is like an hour or two of this activity and then they can come back and they're reset and they're ready to go. So don't be afraid to do that when your kids really need it. And you'll know, or frankly, if you really need it. In fact, that's why I did one of my public school years was after we had Olaf, which is my sixth baby. He's three, he's my three-year-old. The year right after we had him, I swear he broke my brain. Like I love the kid, but something about going from five to six, I just, I was not capable of doing school that year. Like I just knew that I wouldn't be able to do it well. And so we put the kids in public school for a year and it was totally fine. It was actually really validating because it showed me that they were way ahead, even though we do so many fewer hours in the public school. And then the next year we went back to homeschooling. So you just know yourself, know what you can handle and not. And if you need to call it for a day, call it for a day. There's no shame in that. Okay. So the third thing, which piggybacks right off of that, is to prioritize self-care daily and even more regularly, like quarterly, okay? So this was really hard for me. In fact, I didn't do self-care for probably a good solid 10 years, maybe 13 years, because I always felt like it was really selfish. I always felt like my family had to come first and my you know, we had to make money, we had to pay the bills, I was a super responsible person. All these things just sucked all the life out of me. And I felt bad taking any time for myself. And I've completely shifted that 180 degrees. Now I make self-care the most important part of my day. 
and I've had to figure out how to fit it into my schedule. I do it daily, and sometimes it's just a few minutes here and there. Sometimes it means taking a longer chunk of the day and getting out into the woods. Um, whatever it is for you, honestly, sometimes for me, it's grabbing like a snack or some candy or a donut, which I'm not a big sugar person, but every once in a while, uh, I love to have something like that, something I enjoy and going and hiding in the closet in my bedroom and eating it alone so I don't have to share it with my kids, which sounds crazy, but that can be self-care too. Like it's okay to have something you love that's just for you. You know, maybe it's meditation or contemplation. I do that in the mornings. Uh, maybe it's exercise for you every day, getting out for a run. I know that's been a huge part of my self-care this year in particular, especially as I've been training for an ultra marathon. Um, whatever it is, try and get them daily, you know, but also think about what can you do weekly, monthly, quarterly, that really is going to help you be your best self. Because when we are rested, we can give from such a better place than we, when we are continually exhausted. And I especially want to speak to the moms out there. I know that there's this weird, weird conditioning out there that says a good mom is always, you know, selfless. We give to everybody. We are servant leaders. And I fully believe in serving. And I fully believe in being generous. But there's almost this shame around giving ourselves that same care and courtesy. Can you imagine how it would feel if somebody even cared for you one-tenth of the way that you care for your children, right? Do this for yourself make this a priority. Do not feel bad about doing this. The thing that really got me started with self-care, and it's not just going to a spa all the time or whatever. It can be all sorts of things. I'll give you a couple other ideas in a minute. But the thing that really drove this home for me was thinking about my daughters one day. Would I want them giving to such an exhausted level and an overwhelmed level would I want them living their life like that day in, day out, day in, day out, all for other people and never ever for who they were created to be? Would I want them to sacrifice their gifts and their passions and their talents so that they could be something they feel like they should be, but that's completely draining them? I would never want them to feel bad taking a little bit of time to do the activities that they love that bring them life and that make them a better mom, that make them a better partner, whatever it is, make them a better person in general, right? And so when I thought about it that way, I was just like, oh, why would I go way out of my way to do this for my kids, but never myself? And so once I got over that, it changed everything in my life. It's been one of the best things I've ever done. You know, maybe for you, it's weekly wine with your girlfriends or monthly or quarterly getaways. You just have to figure out what this means for you. But I do know that one of the most supportive things I have in my life that I consider self-care in some ways is connecting with a group of friends. And I don't even need to have lots of time with them. I don't even need to, you know, see them every day or talk to them every day or whatever. But knowing that I have groups of friends that I can just send a quick little message over to and say, oh my gosh, I'm struggling today. How are you doing? Or you know, send help. This is what's going on, craziness or whatever. And just have the empathy and the compassion and have them speak truth back into me and encouragement. It's so amazing. And I really did not pursue building friendships for 
years because I was just too busy and I didn't prioritize self-care and it's something I've gone deep into in the last year and a half and it has changed everything. So highly recommend that. If you go back in the archives, by the way, season one has some episodes about retreats and stepping away and creating space. And I don't have the episode numbers in front of me. Sorry about that. But if you go look, you'll find them. And I highly recommend listening to some of the benefits to that. It has literally changed my life in the best of ways. Okay, so definitely prioritize self-care on the regular, both at least daily, something small, also, you know, bigger things throughout time as you need them. And schedule them or they won't happen. It's another tip. Schedule them in advance. All right, number four is as a business owner, it's really important for us to buy as much time back as we can to work on our business. If we have kids at home all the time, it is going to make it much more difficult for us to get our work done because even if we're able to work the same number of hours, the fact that we have the mental load of thinking about the kids being there or hearing them and knowing that they're there and the fact, you know, like it's just, it's heavier. It's always there, especially for us moms and maybe for some dads too. Not a dad, so it's harder for me to speak to that, but especially as moms, it's really hard. I found it as a mom really hard to unplug from hearing everything that's going on and paying attention to it to really focus on my business. So my attention is divided and I'm never as effective and efficient when I'm trying to work with kids in the background, even if they are fully entertained and behaving well, as I am when I can leave my home where there's all sorts of triggers of things that need to get done and the mental load is big, right? But if I can leave my home and have dedicated work time, it is easily five to 10 times more effective and efficient. I get way more done when I can get out of the house, okay? So maximize the amount of work only time that you have, dedicated work hours, and buy it back if you can. And here's some ways you can do that. So number one, a free way to get more time is to ask a partner or a spouse if they can set aside some time for you that is dedicated to working. Now, maybe that's a couple hours a day, maybe it's just one hour a day, maybe it's an entire day a week where you go and you just, you know, you find a park or something and you just work like mad and you get her done, right? Whatever it is, if your partner, you have one, can provide some really dedicated work time where you're just away from everything, that is huge. The second thing you could do is you could actually hire a tutor to help the kids with school. There's a lot of teachers who are out of work right now who would love to be able to help your kids through school to make up some of the money that they've lost. Even if they're doing virtual public school, having somebody there who can help keep them focused and make sure that they're doing their homework and keep them accountable will free up so much mental load and will give you extra time that you can be working while they're working with their kids. Another thing you can do is hire a house manager. Now, this sounds weird, but they, do, they can do things like laundry, cooking meals, uh, basic cleaning. They can even do some nannying and childcare for you, running errands. This is probably the most life-changing hire we ever made. And I fought this one for a long time because, you know, we're not the kind of people who has live-in help or whatever. And it doesn't have to be live-in. Ours happens to be live-in because we live super remote. But we have a full-time house manager and it's kind of like having another wife, which sounds funny, not like the relationship side, but like somebody to make sure that everybody gets fed and all the clothes is washed, folded, put away, the toys are put away, 
So when I, you know, am home, I don't have to be focused on doing the mound of dishes. I can actually be focused on my children. So in the mornings, I do my homeschool with them and work with them. And then I can go work in the afternoons and come home and actually be mom instead of having to do all the chores and trying to multitask all the time. You have no idea how heavy that mental load is and how much that keeps you from doing your best work until you have somebody there who's really on your team who's happy to help you with all of those things. It's been nothing but a joy. I do teaching of the lessons and I give them their assignments, but she can help follow through to make sure they get it done. She's not doing any teaching, but it's just changed so much. And if you can hire some childcare or a nanny or somebody to come in and watch your children so you can get a little bit more dedicated work time, that can be great, whether full-time, part-time, whatever. But also, you may want to consider hiring more people on your team. If you haven't ever hired somebody for your business team, starting with a virtual assistant is a really great way to start outsourcing tasks that you definitely do not need to be doing. Maybe for content repurposing. So for example, I hire somebody to take my videos and reformat them into blog posts, into audio, into summaries, into an email, into a social media post, and schedule them on all the platforms. So all I have to do is one single video and upload it, and then they do all the rest. And it costs me like $30 a video to have all that content done. It's a no-brainer. It's absolutely one of the best investments ever, and I buy back so much of my time so I can do the stuff that actually brings in money instead of focusing on all those things that are simply processes that anybody can follow. Growing your team and being willing to invest in your business, in yourself, and will buy back your time so that you're doing the most important things will change so much. Now, here's a big thing to remember. Don't be afraid to invest in your business when you can leverage it to make more money, okay? So I know that if you've been doing this yourself and you're not making a ton of money yet, this can be really hard. But bright entrepreneurs who are successful, who are really growing, they know that they're not wasting money. This is not an expense. This is literally an investment that will make them back far more money in the end, multiple times over, because they're getting more work done faster. So they're getting more results faster, which means more money faster. And the rate of growth in terms of profit is almost always greater than what you're going to be paying a team. And it should be if you're going to be doing this, it's called an ROI if you're doing the whole team process right. If you're making processes people can follow, if you're really empowering them to do the work and not micromanaging. Running a team is a whole nother area of leadership. So that's something you wanna hear more about. And I have done it all wrong, but I've also done it all right. And then with this COVID destroying my business, I've really pared back to like the bare essentials and I'm gonna be rebuilding my team again, basically almost from scratch. Uh, as this business grows. And so if you want to hear more about that process, if you want to hear more about how to grow a team correctly, make the right hires, all of those things, if you could drop me a message on Instagram, just at Jamie M. Swanson and let me know that's something you'd be interested in, let me know and I'll, I'll consider talking about that more. It wasn't something I was thinking about originally, but I know that this is an area that can really be an expensive uh, mess if you don't know what you're doing. And so I'd be happy to share some of those insights with you here on the podcast if there's enough interest for it. 
All right, so fifth and final tip that I would say is really get very good at leveraging the time that you do have and use it in a very focused way. Okay, so what I mean by this is a lot of entrepreneurs who are even into the six figures, like, you know, one to $300,000 or less, they are doing so much stuff that really doesn't matter. They're rebranding the website and they're, they're doing this and that and the other thing and they're posting to all the social media channels and they are busy, 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 busy. They've got these big complicated businesses that are profitable, but they just can't keep up. And if this is you and you are just like, how am I going to do school and do all this stuff and my business is going to go into decline, it's overwhelming. It's absolutely overwhelming. And so what you really need to focus on is the 5 to 10% of the stuff you do that actually brings in more income and grows your business. Now, it can be easy to think you need to do all this stuff, even vital stuff, right? Starting over. I know so many people who are like, oh, I have to grow a list first before I can sell to them. And then there's me who's like, oh, I've got 17 people on my list. 17 people on my list. That's not an exaggeration or an under-exaggeration. It's literally 17 people. And I've made over five figures of income in the first 30 days. We're not even at the 30-day mark yet from the 17 people. Actually, it's not all from them. I just started selling. It's people I attract. It's just, you don't need to have a big audience in order to start selling and making money if you have a plan, if you know how to attract the right people and how to position your product for them in a way that they want it. Like when they see it, they're like, oh gosh, yes, I actually do want this. And so you need to have a very concise, focused plan that really is just the stuff that really matters, right? This is another way of buying time back because you're not wasting it and procrastinating on stuff that does not get you results, okay? Second, in terms of staying focused, is stick with what you are most aligned with and do most naturally, right? Serve out of your strengths, not out of your weaknesses. When we're doing something that is naturally easy for us to do, it takes us way less time and we get way better results. Whereas when we do stuff that we're not as good at, but we feel like we have to do it, it takes us longer, it wastes a bunch of time, we don't get as good a result. And so we really want to focus on the stuff that we are good at and go all in with those things. And you'll find usually that the 5 to 10% of the stuff that gets results, it's the stuff that's naturally easy for you to do anyway. So it's a really great way to leverage the time you have. Uh, you also do not wanna be second guessing your plan. Create a strategic step-by-step plan and stick to it. You should always know what you're gonna be working on this week, what you're gonna be working on next week. You, you should know any moment that you have to sit down and work without kids, without distraction, you should know exactly what you need to jump into and not be wondering, gosh, what should I do next? Because then you're going to get sucked into some Facebook group or some podcast episode and talking to people or whatever it is you do to procrastinate, right? For me, I connect with people because I love to connect with people and I love to learn. So those are my two things that I do a lot of when I really am not fully clear on what I should do next or I'm trying to procrastinate because I don't want to do what I know needs to happen next, right? And so when you have a plan and you're not second guessing it and you stick to it, you get it done faster and you don't waste your time on stuff that's not gonna bring immediate results, okay? 
And then consistency here is key. And I just want to mention this. You probably know this already. You're here. You're a bright entrepreneur. But your business is going to suffer most when you're inconsistent and you stop showing up for some time. So you want to do everything you can do to avoid that. And this might be something that's a challenge as you're doing school from home because there just may be times when you can't get to everything. And so right now, before everything gets crazy or hopefully you're not in that moment right now, if you are, just get started, get back on the horse. But as soon as you have a time, really think through where are the spots that are gonna be potentially sticking points and how can you plan to overcome them now and stay consistent with your content schedule. Making sure your content schedule is actually, you know, bringing in the right people, creating desire for your products and selling it, which we're going to talk about over the next few episodes. So, hey, you know, if you haven't subscribed yet, here's your hook to subscribe. But definitely make sure everything is staying consistent because if there's a gap, if you become inconsistent, the numbers are going to plummet. This podcast, fantastic example of that. As much as I hate to say it, but... This was this podcast, seasons one and two, were really a passion project for me. I didn't have a business plan for them. I was doing it because I love the idea of working or of doing a podcast, and I wanted to share the stuff I was learning as I grew my seven-figure business with other entrepreneurs because that's what that's my people. Which is why it made so much sense for me to pivot into the entrepreneur space. But now I am absolutely committed to consistency because the last two seasons, as I I would podcast for a while and the numbers would start to grow really well, and then they would plummet because I would just stop and I would stop for a couple of months or more and I'd stop in the middle of stuff, right? And it just kills any momentum that you've built. You've got to keep that momentum going and to keep the momentum going, you've got to have consistency. So... If you have listened to all this stuff and you know that it's going to be rough this year with kids at home and you want to figure out what your step-by-step plan is, what those 5 to 10% of those activities are that are really going to bring you in the revenue and really what you're gifted at, what you're aligned with. I'm so good at helping people figure out where their gifts are and how to really lean into them. If you already have something that sells, you're making some money and you want help doing that, you don't have to do this alone. I would love to help you. I would love to do a clarity coaching day with you and really set up a step-by-step plan so that you don't lose momentum, so that you always know exactly what you should be focused on as you're moving forward and have this work time so that you can continue growing your business even if you're schooling from home. You don't wanna let that affect or hurt your business in any way. And I am proof as a mom with six kids that you do not have to have this hurt your business, right? I homeschool my children and have for years, so I know this from experience. And I am so good at helping you figure out what you want Make a clear and simple plan for getting there. Simplicity is everything. And I would love to help you get that. So if this sounds interesting to you, all you have to do is go into the show notes and find my contact information and then message me. And if I have any open spots, because I'm only doing two per week at the most, we'll set up a free 30-minute call where I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about your business 
and really just make sure that we're a good fit. I want to see if I can actually help you do this because I would never want somebody to hire me that I didn't 100% feel confident I could, I mean, that they would look back on this and say that was the best investment in the business they made in a long time because they made several times over their money back, right? So if we do this discovery call and we feel like it's a great fit, then we'll set up a Clarity Coaching Day where we will spend a day together and create that step-by-step -step strategy for you that's super focused, that's really easy so that you can follow it and grow your business as you school from home. So just head on over to the show notes and send me that message now. Um, if you're new around here and you found this helpful, would love it if you'd subscribe, you know, tell all your friends who are entrepreneurs who have kids at home doing school, even if it's just part of the week, have them come listen to this episode. And also, if you like this episode, it would be awesome if you would leave a review. I know it's the shameless ask. We all ask that. But I'm occasionally going to be reading them here on the podcast, and I'd love to feature your review. Like this one that I just got recently from NDH Vaughn, which says, Five stars. I love Jamie's podcast. I've followed Jamie for the better part of a decade, and I really love her podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts, mostly entrepreneur and business related, and I really like the helpful and real content she's putting out. I admire her ethics, her vulnerability, and her genuine desire to help others grow their businesses. She's very knowledgeable and really fun to listen to. Subscribe. You'll be glad you did. Thanks, NDH Vaughn, for the awesome review. And my friend, we are brighter together. The world needs us, so let's go and make it brighter. Hey, real quick before you go, number one, if you thought this episode was helpful and you know somebody personally that would enjoy it, would you send them a link to it? That would be super awesome. But second, if you enjoyed it, I also have a private podcast just for my email subscribers that I think you would really love. Now you can listen to it on the same podcast player, just like you are this current podcast, but it's only accessible through a unique link that I will send to you via email. Now, this is the behind the scenes look at what I'm doing in my business. It's literally my thoughts about my business casually as I'm thinking about it. So it's not after I've done a bunch of stuff and I've distilled it down to a couple of points and I'm sharing, you know, just the highlights with you. Like this is the stuff in the moment that's working, that's not. Um, I have an episode in there that's all about the problems with my offer, I have things that I've been thinking about in terms of messaging and just all sorts of stuff that's going through my brain as I'm growing this business. And I'd love to share it with you. So if you would like to listen, all you need to do is go to gettheprivatepodcast.com, enter your name and your email, and I will send it right over to you. You'll get an email with a link that is yours. You can't share it with other people. It won't work for them, but it will work for you. And I know that you are going to love it. You just got to click the link, follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player, and away you go. You'll be automatically updated when there's new episodes. So hope to see you on the private podcast. Again, that is gettheprivatepodcast.com. And have a great day. Thanks for listening.